Hello and welcome to the Pink Bike Podcast. Well, the preamble at least. This week, I, Henry Quinney, I've said it again. Ah, made myself <laughs> cringe. I, Henry Quinney, am joined by Alicia Leggett as we discuss some of the news before we get into a real kind of meat of the podcast, which is our pet peeves that I recorded with Dario, Matt and Kaz. Alicia, it's been Hi. quite a big week for mountain biking. My my head hurts a little bit. There's been There's been big conversations there's been racing, there's been X, Y, Z. Can you run us through? There's been a lot. A, a quick a quick brief tour of the news. Brief tour of the news. Yeah, so like Henry said, we've kind of had everything all across the board. Racing slowing down just a little bit for the season, but it's not over yet. So this past weekend, we saw the US Open downhill, which was won by Dakota Norton and Nina Hoffman. Kind of cool to see Dakota Norton continue crushing it this year. And then Nina... A German winning such a US-centric event was also kind of cool. On the cross-country side, we saw the Paris XCO test course where the riders rode a race basically to test out the Olympic track for next year for the Paris Olympics. And that was won by Luana Lecomte and Victor Koretsky. No surprises there because we've seen both of those two riders win a lot in the past, but really cool to see it happen again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... um it's a weird thing. It feels like European downhill for so long had a sort of had a stranglehold on the sort of elite events. And I think it's great mm-hmm. to see more riders come over for that um, US Open before kind of jumping onto the snowshoe round of the World Cup and Mont Saint Anne. And it's funny with the Paris XCO test event, with the COVID affected years, it feels like Tokyo was like six months ago. It's weird to think <laughs> we're almost at another Olympics. It feels very bizarre. Yeah, that's pretty strange. It doesn't quite line up for me. Yeah, totally. Now, the big news this week was the conversation around women at Rampage. If you could um, maybe sort of set the scene with kind of what happened with that. I know we actually did another podcast that um, with uh, Viva Beak, Viva Beck, mm-hmm. Viva Beak. I always, I'm always worried <laughs> about saying her name wrong. I am too. I actually don't know the correct answer, but Via. Via it was great yeah. talking to her about Women's Free Ride, but... Yeah, now we'll catch everyone else up just a little bit more. Essentially, Rampage started in the early 2000s as just guys throwing down on the gnarly courses. Um, Not every year at the beginning, but more recently has become every year. But women just never really were involved. And much later, women started kind of their own thing with formation initially. Red Bull Formation started in 2019. It's now had three editions. And that was really where women's free ride development was sort of taking off and then we saw some other events spring up around to kind of not copy it but sort of ride on the free ride wave that was starting Um, and it's been cool we've been seeing women actually ride full-fledged rampage lines and throw backflips and all of it really just a few years after the women's free ride movement even started after they started having centralized events so that's kind of crazy the short development timeline to see Um, But formation was cancelled this year, and many hope to see a women's field at Rampage, since they've shown they can do it. But the riders list was announced, there were no women on the list, and people have been not really sure how to respond to it. I think Red Bull clearly does want to have women there, they're just being very slow about the problem solving, Um, or not even problem, but the solving with how to make it happen. And... I think a lot of onlookers don't understand all the logistics involved and the nuance and the complexity to that conversation. So it's really just not come together yet, but in future years, we're really hoping to see it. I think 
The writers published kind of a collective statement recently. It was published on Instagram by Casey Brown and Vera Sandler, um, but I think written by a lot of them collaboratively, basically acknowledging that it's complicated, but also saying that it'll probably highlight, you know, the women in a way that brings viewership and hype and including women will probably be very, very positive, but they understand that it's just not not easy. And so they're hoping to team up with Red Bull and have everyone on the same page and have it happen in the future. And then Vera yeah. Sandler. Sorry, sorry. I need to no, stop no, talking. No. no, 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 not at all. I, I think, um, thank you for, thank you for bringing up. And like you, I think you're about to say is Vera Sandler. Am I right in thinking she's now a monster athlete? She is. Yeah, that was really exciting to see. I'm not sure if Monster planned that announcement anytime around the whole women's rampage hype, probably because they didn't <laughs> maybe they didn't expect it to happen. <laughs> they didn't expect her to be the center of a news story. Um, hmm. But it's really cool just seeing such a major brand get behind one of the most prominent and creative women in free ride. So yeah, I'm excited. Totally. I'm excited too. I mean, I think that, like you said, I'm sure there are logistical steps that. Mm-hmm etc etc but i go in from the purely most cynical point of view like (laughs) the purely cynical point of view in that yes these companies are there to make money and yes it has to be profitable however if we can at the moment how to put this if we can truly embrace you know this female category at rampage it basically doubles the amount of people that red bull could be marketing to in 10 or 15 years time Mm -hmm. you know because it gives them something you know Maybe people can kind of aspire to be something a bit more, you know, young girls kind of get into mountain biking. So I look at the cynical point of view and I just think Red Bull should go full. How to put this? If they invested in it now, then they'd probably be making more money in 10 years. Maybe that's not very, that's not like the ideological reason, but I think it's, but hey. It makes sense. Women are a pretty big part of the population. Absolutely. You know, it's not like women totally ignore Rampage right now, but just having it be more two-sided when they're kind of ignoring such a big part of the population. I don't know. Mm. It'd be cool to have more involved. Yeah. I think as well, like what would be cool, you know, in terms of bringing sort of a parity in viewership, I think that the world cups, they should take in turns between who goes last because it's always like the women's race and then it's the men's race, which is the climax. And I think Mm. that it probably harms the women's viewing figures. And there's no reason like, just put it up, just swap around. They have their practice at the, like, you know, they both practice yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just flip them. Every other one, just take it in turns. And then suddenly you've got maybe more people, people coming down to watch the women's race. And especially in viewership, you know, you, you'd mm-hmm. hang around for it. When sometimes, you know, it's hard to even cover because it's, you tend to watch the, at least in the Red Bull days, you'd watch, um, and I don't know if anyone watches it anymore, quite frankly, <laughs> but when people did watch Downhill, they would... Um, <laughs> tend to have like the quick run, run through the highlights almost, which never really seemed in, to my mind to um, to really honour the, the incredible level of dedication and professionalism that is at Women's Downhill. Um, yeah, I like it. But yeah, so we've both been kind of on the road a little bit. You've been, well, you've been flying about the place. <laughs> I just came back from Whistler Field Test. I'm a very tired boy. I'm very, very, very sleepy, Alicia. I need to go have a bloody good lie down. You know, I might be kind of on the same page. After I got back, I was doing paragliding stuff for a couple of weeks, but then I got back and got just really sick for a week. And now I have like the sickness hangover where mm. I don't really have like sickness symptoms anymore. But wow, I need to just go to sleep. Yeah, totally. I had, we were doing lots and lots of runs in, in Whistler, you know, just Creekside was open, just 
big, big days. And I think Sounds that amazing. Like, my nervous system is so tired from just doing so many back-to-back runs. Yeah. I had like, I don't know how professional athletes do it. It's quite incredible. <laughs> um, now this week we've got a podcast, um, like I said, on pet peeves and mountain biking. So if you don't like tedious, pedantic, nitpicking chat, this one definitely isn't for you. However, if you do like what be the word, toxic pedantry of the highest order, then stay tuned and enjoy this one. Thank you very much. Hello everyone, and today I am joined by Dario, Kaz and Matt, and we're going to be discussing what are our biggest pet peeves in mountain biking. Now, We've each kind of had a little conversation about this beforehand, just to sort of warm up, and there are some pretty good ones in there. Kaz, before we go into it, how unseriously or seriously should people take our pet peeves? And how how big of a comment should they write telling us how wrong we are? They should not take these seriously. No, they should. I don't know. Unserious. Take them to heart. Very. Yes. Everything we say (laughs) is the absolute. Think about them long and hard. (laughs) The absolute truth. No, they should not take these seriously because it's just mountain biking. But some of these things are serious. So... I don't have a good answer. You have to just listen. Yeah. Okay. So let's think about, Dario, we'll start with you. What would be, and not, not any one particular area, a pet peeve that you would bring to the table? Something that just irks you? I think the thing about a pet peeve is that it annoys you disproportionately, right? Mm. They're not always rational, but what's something that annoys you proportionally? Well, you, should, you should start because we, in discussion, yours was the one that resonated the most with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. My pet peeve is when you come back from a ride or and somebody or somebody else has gone for a ride and they try and really bolt down on one particular trail attribute. You might have like a two kilometer trail and they'll be like, do you know where that one right is? And you'd be like, oh, what, 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 you know, oh, I don't, but it's okay. And they'll be like, oh, it's got the steps in it. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's like a long trail. They've all, all got steps in them. But yeah, it's like got the tree on the inside and you're there like, yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just what happened. It does not matter just, to the story. Just yeah. tell me what happened. It is, I find it, Unbelievable. I think it's not just the information, it's the preamble, which can last for like 10 minutes. Right. So yeah, you know when you're going down, I don't know, like um, Ditch Pig, and you know you do the first, is it the second left? Maybe no, it's the, it's the first left. And then, well, it's kind of got a long left, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know if you class it as a left. This isn't frustrating me, and I know that yeah. you're performing satire. <laughs> and you're there just there like, yeah, no, no, I know. Anyway, what, 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 what was the issue? Well, so after that, well, what some people would call left, but I actually think it's more of a straight fadeaway. You're like, oh my God, please. <laughs> it becomes something. It sounds like you just peeved at a particular person. It sounds like one specific right. person. There, there is that person that does that. Yes. Over yeah. the years. Huh. And then like, eventually they get to the thing which could have been described basically, oh, I went over the bars, bars in a turn. Yeah, I just like, oh, thank you. Thank Thank you, God. Thank you. We right. got but they want you to the be there. They want they you to, want you, yeah. yeah. Re-experience right. it in am, their eyes. Am I just grouchy, Matt? No, I, I get that. I get that yeah. too. Okay, well, Dario, I think that's kind of my pet peeve. Do you think it's justified? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that would, that's my top one as well. Mm. Amongst other, there are plenty of others, but like something about that is odd. It's, it's also just like many people's one exemption from like telling a structurally decent story. <laughs> like... So many people are fine at telling stories, but when it comes to like something that happened on trail, they have to hammer down like that one specific five foot section where it occurred. You know, in the end of the Lord of the Rings films, it turns out that Frodo's like writing a book. 
right right in the book imagine if it was right. that so, yeah so you know like in like you know like in mordor and there's like that one like big mountain right and like you know, you like, know, you know the one. on that on the 986th <laughs> step on the way up to mount doom yeah. if you've been there you know what i'm talking about it's like a little bit bigger than the other steps it's easy to catch your toe on it yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think it's for me it's, it's the lack of suspense forest for the trees yeah 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 totally Kaz, what would some of your pet peeves be I'm trying to think. I feel like you guys might have more pet peeves than me. I don't know. I feel like I just run like You're things bother me. Yeah, maybe uh, sort of, but not really. I mean, I have opinions, but pet peeves, I just don't care and mm. don't, maybe I don't listen. I might just not be paying enough attention. To I think you're, you're, you're also good at like, uh, like avoiding the people that might yeah, do I think such the things. The solo riding thing. I think lately I do have a pet peeve when people go to the trailhead because I have to, I, I tend to ride from home a lot, but I go through the parking lot that's at the bottom of the mountain that I ride. And all the cars, they all have their bike racks down. You know, like you, most bike racks that have two yeah. or four, the tray style, well, they all leave them down and they like take up room. And instead of just mm-hmm. taking the one second it takes to flip them up, they have to drive their fancy cars and then show off See, their that's fancy a, racks. That's a, good, that's a good pet peeve. That's a pet peeve. And I, sometimes I'll just flip them up for them. Just no. Uh, yeah. Because like, why Mike's are you leaving it down? Just put it up. You assaulted that car? Yeah, I assaulted you the car. That car? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Do you know what my pet peeve is? Cause criminal damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you go to the trailhead, flip your bike rack up because otherwise they just stick out and they're annoying. Yeah, that's fair. Matt, what are your pet peeves apart from getting stuck behind other editors when we ride together? (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Ankle socks. Yes. biking. I I don't know why. Like, it makes no sense. There's like, you still have socks in your shoes and you still have like a little bit more material above, but like. Why are you body shaming my calves? (laughs) (laughs) It just looks wrong it's like exposed skin where like there's like a chain and like sharp rocks yeah especially yeah. when they're wearing pants and they just sing a flash of ankle that is the crazy <laughs> thing to me i saw three of those today i, I can't like, ah. ignore it i don't know it just like yeah yeah all the other weird stuff that people do on their bike and that like pops out in my mind it doesn't <laughs> bother me in a like i don't get offended by it but i don't understand the the knee pads by the ankles Oh, well, climbing. See, you're wrong. I, I, think, I, I think it's I'm so just comfortable. As, to yeah. me, it's just as bad as the ankle sock. But don't your knees get hot? No. Dude, I mean, like Matt and I rode yesterday and it was like an hour to two of climbing. Yeah. Like, I didn't need my knee pads to be on for that, but I didn't want to carry them. So I just put them down by my ankles and I was comfortable. Yeah, but, yeah I do that too. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's, it's irrational. I'm not saying, I'm not defending this as like a, a standard, but for me, it's the same as the ankle socks. I'm just there like, put those on your knees. Just <laughs> put them on your knees it just it makes my toes curl in a way i can't for no reason <laughs> well, maybe people wear them down there if they, ha- if they don't have long socks that covers their ankles yeah, which I, i'll take yeah i'll take that deal <laughs> uh, <laughs> see my logic is like the knee pad falls below the top of the sock therefore it's essentially the same as the sock like it's just fabric on the outside of that part of my leg <laughs> You know, like I have sock there. I might as well also have like some weird stinky neoprene. Sticking, talking of something that's slightly weird on the legs. Can you talk me through your YT trousers? Oh, they are sick. The There's going to be a review They're coming. Amazing. There, I, I was, I have some pants in from review made by YT, like the bike brand that zip from the ankle all the way up to the mid thigh. And it's just, they flap wide open. But the idea is you can like zip them all the way up to put your knee pads on at the top of a climb. Or you can zip them all the way open and then roll the pant leg all the way up to your thigh and then tuck them into a pouch behind the thigh. It's fantastic. So they're like shorts with big poofs in the back, but they're sick pants. Like for pant purposes, they're really good. So they have two zippers? 
One, no, just one on each pouch. leg. Oh. The pouch doesn't zip close. It's just like a stretchy thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I gotta sound, check these out. They, they sound, they're actually really great. Yeah, and they look completely normal once they're like zipped down. Well, yeah, but from the back though, it definitely looks like you're wearing zip off pants. Like the kind that, Does it? Yeah, kind of like safari <gasps> style. Like Damn what it, a dad are you would serious? wear with his new balance to the mall. Yeah. <laughs> See, from the front, I'm like, oh, I look sick. I'm wearing normal pants. Would you uh, go as far as calling them chaps? Chaps. No, because chaps don't have a back to them. So. Right. <laughs> well, They're inherently assholes. Yeah. yeah. I think I have a pant-related pet peeve, though. Go on. That was a lot of peas. I apologize if there's any pant-related pet peeve. Yeah. But the uh, I think the push to make jeans or cotton to be mm. a performance fabric, I'm not a fan. Cotton kills. Yeah. I mean, like jeans. Jeans are fine for dirt jumping and that type of thing, but expensive mountain bike slightly oriented jeans i just don't understand i'm really confused by it mm. and i tried them this week in the bike park and yeah. they were really hot and i was wishing i didn't have Swampy. jeans on in the bike park mm. so i don't Did know you look good though i don't think so no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you look funny it looks but... funny they have, they have these jeans have like bigger spot around the knees to accommodate knee pads well, and i don't understand maybe this the kind of topic should pivot slightly towards things that we don't quite understand why they're happening yeah because another thing that i don't understand what happens is it's now kind of cool. And I don't really know who she is, but I'm pretty sure I blame Billie Eilish to wear oversized, massive jeans in the bike park for mm. Whistler Kids. See, I'm mm. wearing like pretty big pants right now, but, but th- th- those would look I'm not like, riding in them. Those would look like, you know, long johns compared to these. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, we're like Jenkos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Wild. it. I don't know. I mean, I guess as long as your chain doesn't get caught, it doesn't matter. What, your wallet chain? Because <laughs> yeah, no, all those kids are probably riding chainless, you know, because they're like mm. cool and with the times. And yeah, so totally. It's, yeah. it's chill, man. It's yeah. chill. It's, kinda, it's yeah, chill, man. Just chill out. <laughs> no, I don't know what the deal is. I think it, it just, you know, it's flappy fabric looks cool. It's yeah. like skiers wearing like quad XL clothing. Yeah. You know, right. like park rats will wear like a t-shirt that goes down to the knees. What do you think is a more fashionable sport? Ski or mountain biking? What do you think is cooler? We'll Skiing start with for you. sure. Kaz? They're both just so dorky. They're kind of like, no, like, like street skiing is cool. That's we don't have yeah, street mountain biking. No, well, true. But, but I think what most people do. Yeah, and even like what park rats are wearing for skiing is crazy. Like if you saw someone walking down the street like that, you would think it was a homeless man wearing all of his sleeping I love see, things. Yeah, <laughs> seeing a dude wearing like, wearing like he an just 8XL Hawaiian shirt over yeah. the park. <laughs> yeah, to people like outside of those sports, you look crazy you look yeah. like a nerd no matter mm. what like i love that in skiing the goggles underneath the helmet yeah that's just a park that? skiing though it depends what kind of skier you are mm, the right. park mm. kids started putting them under their helmets and now they make helmets that are designed to have this goggles run underneath the helmets well, i yeah. didn't know that was a thing yeah so sure. why is that is it because they had they had like getting helmets was quite late to the game in terms of like say you know i think it's so you can wear a toque underneath and then when you like do your app fray, you have your toque on hand and you're not like uh, left with like I'm always hair. left wondering where my toque is I'd say a yeah. toque is a style of hat not another Lord of the Rings reference right toque. it's also called a toboggan up here a <laughs> <laughs> toboggan. you can wear a toboggan on your head in Canada can you really? Can you really? yeah no way am I right you're that. it's also like a kind of sandwich here or something you could like order a toboggan at a shop Oh, I'm not sure I'm not I'm, I'm, that's a guess but okay this is this is gonna be I have another pet peeve oh go 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 uh Stacking clips. Stacking clips. Stacking clips. I'm fine with like taking a, a a quick video of a friend who's like proud of hitting a feature. Yeah. But I'm not trying to go out and like spend an hour taking mm-hmm. videos. Unless you're like a professional free rider and that's like your thing and you're paying me to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, man. Have you ever been asked by an influencer? I've had this happen to me. If I wanted to go hang out at a spot 
Yes. And I'm like, why am I, I like, we, I'm the worst dirt jumper in the world, followed closely by you. Why are we going like dirt jumping? They're like, oh, well, if you, you don't want to ride, but you'd be hanging anyway. You could bring, um, you could just hold my camera, right? Like, <laughs> yes. No, like this would be yeah. awful. Like you all look, you, the only way you could look worse on a bike is if I film it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. would have been the first and last time you would have done that. You could have just right. like purposely fouled their whole thing. Like, sorry, I deleted play. all the footage on your card. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. what happened. I texted some yeah. weird stuff to your mom. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey. I think um, stacking clips, what Instagram's done to mountain biking has been so far reaching, really. Yeah. The whole social media thing. I think it's changed, well, so, so much. I mean, you saw that. Um, in nothing's for free. I wonder how different it would have been had those riders had an mm, Instagram, sure. right? Yeah. Um, because you kind of, I think, and so much about the way we approach action sports is whether it's, I mean, I call it action sports that fucking makes me feel kind of cringy to say it because to me, mountain biking is like this outdoor pursuit more than an action sport, maybe. Mm. Um, but I think to a lot of people, you're kind of only as good as your last result. You're only as good as the last time you could prove yourself. Like, and I think, you know, we all, have that better mindset, whether it's on a personal level, like cleaning a run or whether it's sort of a getting something out on Instagram. Guys, when you were younger, back in, I guess, you know, post-depression America, <laughs> big old mountain biking was rolling through. Um, Stacking clips. Do you think, yeah, what, what was... Super 8. You know, when did photography come really into mountain biking for you in terms of an amateur level, not, not the pros? Did you go out with, the, with oh. like disposable cameras when you were younger or? No, I would say not. I mean, for no, I never really was into photography, photography until kind of worked with pink bike. Mm. But even then, yeah. like back in, even in the early 2000s for the pros, which I was not a pro, but the pros were your, your focus. If you're kind of in the free rider scene was to be, you're working on your part for your movie segment. Right. And like, that was your segment for the whole year. You could kind of almost rest on your laurels. Like, you know, if you got in neural disorder, even on North shore extreme video or something like that, that was your part that you did. And that was kind of standalone where nowadays there's a hundred people out doing things that are even crazier and they Every just day. show up on Instagram yeah. 10 minutes later. And so, racers could just be like, oh, I did well last year at this yeah. race. That's my career. Yeah, so there's no more waiting. So it's kind of like that instant gratification, which I think it makes it a lot more challenging to even stand out just because there's one person hucks off one cliff and there's 40 people waiting behind them to do the same exact thing, post up almost the same post. So I don't know what the answer is, but it's, yeah. So no, uh, back to your question. Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't really have, we had disposable cameras and digital cameras when they came out, but never, we didn't, I didn't stack clips if that was your question. And speaking of hucking off cliffs, I never realized this, but you were something of a, a free, a free skiist. Uh, I did. <laughs> well, I, I competed in telemark free skiing competition. Oh, it, was telemark. Telemark. it was telemark. Wow. Yeah. Talk us through the telemark process <laughs> well, and why that is basically fixie riding. <laughs> it, it's, it's, very, it's a very apt analogy. I only gave it up a few years ago, but I mean, telemark yeah. skiing is just when your heel isn't attached to your, your skis, basically. It's free heel. Yeah. And it really is, it's free really is the, the track bike of the yeah, but ski world. Where I was living in Crested Butte, that's what was kind of popular then. And at the time, backcountry ski gear wasn't that great. But with tele skis, you could just go tour, and you didn't have to have a separate touring setup. Oh shit! Because you just you can just hike. Um, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I always thought it was just slightly eccentric people, pro probably on acid. Yeah, I mean, there's something <laughs> to that too. as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it just was easier. And backcountry stuff was heavy and kind of goofy back then, and now it's way better. So yeah, from like plate just, bindings versus telemark. Yeah, they had like the fritchy. It was there was silly stuff back then. So that's why yeah. tele skied, and where I lived happened to have telemark free skiing competitions. So I did some of those. Not great, but I did them, and yeah. Matt, you grew up racing, you know, 
I think we always kind of referred, referred a lot in the past to your sort of racing pedigree. Whenever we go out riding, or even when we're filming today, I always see you do something really fucking gnarly, very casually. <laughs> Why mm. don't you try and make it as like a TikToker? I'd download, if you get TikTok, I'll download the app. <laughs> yeah, That's a deal. I would watch Matt Beard TikTok. I'd watch, I'd watch Matt Beard TikTok. Can you do some dancing into it as well? <laughs> uh, it's not that gnarly. Like, like Kaz said, like, there's like a hundred other kids that are out there doing that. And I but guess there's so. also like a thousand other guys who are worse riders than you who have like Instagrams that are revolving around that. Yeah. yeah but it's like, I don't know, like Dario and I and his buddy went on like a big mission yesterday riding and it's just more about like, fulfilling the whole day with like you know like a yeah. big top to bottom yeah kind of epic cool ride. ride i don't know i find like that stop start it's also really hard to like get into a flow mm-hmm. when you're filming mm-hmm. so there's that outside of it too and for those people that do that it's it's pretty hard to turn it on instantly and like you know not be riding for five minutes and 10 seconds you're like okay camera guys ready to go and i'm gonna drop i'm gonna race or like ride this line as fast as i can or Huck yeah. something huge it's like yeah pretty hard to do that and when you were in new fee is, mm-hmm. is it is that what they call it new fee yeah sure good old <laughs> new fee <laughs> yeah yeah when you were hanging out in new fee assumingly wearing just layers and layers of insulation <laughs> um i understand that you initially you know you got into racing a bit later and you were a free rider yeah i mean that's kind of we didn't really have like a race scene but were you trying to get like were you trying to make something a free riding or were you just going out there just just denting rims for fun no, we, we had like, uh, there was sort of like a, an older group of dudes, uh, that were like working at the bike shop and they were making these like free ride Huck videos at, like way back in the day. And they kind of evolved into like a bit more of a race scene, like definitely a lot of influence from like the metal militia mm-hmm. motocross videos. And then it like kind of transpired into like the old dirt magazine style. Um, and so, yeah, we would go out with like cameras sometimes and had a couple of buddies that were pretty handy with him, but it was mostly about riding cool rocks and stuff that was like part of the landscape there, I guess. Because photos and videos are tremendous hard work. I don't think mm-hmm. I actually, after I don't know how many years working in the bike industry, I mean, and maybe for something in the media side, but I actually got a photo where I didn't look like total dog shit for the first mm-hmm. time. Unbelievable. Wrote him to my mother. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> tears on the phone. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> look at me go. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a very, very special moment, but it is, it is really, really hard work to get, to get a good photo. Um, do you ever, how to put this, when you, were, when you were racing, I think sometimes the best photos do come out of racing. How did you feel maybe sort of in that early 2010s when social media was really kicking off? And that's when you're getting your best race results. And I'm sure there are some people who may or may not have been less talented as you on a bike. Pulling away, because that's when the resources really start changing and how we market bikes. They start going more towards that. Was there a bit of like, because I think a lot of time with social media and, you know, even to when I was working essentially as an influencer back in the day, like if I could have been a, a mountain bike racer, that's what I would have done. But actually I couldn't. So I ended up becoming like an imitation of like, you know what I mean? Like mm. another way to get paid by the machine to, to, to ride bikes. Um, which kind of actually made me quite uncomfortable. I think the, distinction now is that i often think i like about best about bikes is, is trying them all and actually often telling people what not to buy i find more validating than telling people what to For buy sure yeah it's cool um but how, how did that feel like thinking like we're actually doing the actual thing the racing and if a lot of those influencers if they could do this they would be doing this but they can't but they're doing tiktok dances and 
making like POV guides or whatever about like the best trail in BC. Watch me walk it. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, we need those people too. Like they mm-hmm. definitely help like preview trails and showcase uh, the trails in one area to everybody else around the world. So that's pretty neat. And I, I use that stuff too sometimes, you know? So I'm not toxic, trip. Matt. So I'm under the bus. Treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but to jump back, agreement. yeah, to jump back, I guess like cameras have come a long way. Like now uh, GoPros and, and iPhones and whatever you're using, like you can upload high quality stuff to the internet immediately. Whereas like you just have to like go out and get a footage that was on a tape and download it or upload it to a computer. And then the internet was so slow and it just wasn't as available as yeah. it was. As well, it's it like today. so ubiquitous now it's like air. Like we were riding uh, like earlier this summer and you hit like a big drop in the park, kind of like off trail. Like none of us were filming, we're just like standing there. And then some kid walked up to you and was like, Hey, you want the clip for that? Yeah. You're like, Oh wow. Like no one knew he was filming, but then you like have this thing. Like it's like, there was a period of time when like making a movie that was that, you know, 15 seconds long was like something you had to think about. And now the ubiquity of it is just like, Oh, it's there all the time. Exactly. I do worry about the internet filling up though, with all the crappy GoPro footage that must exist. Like, like you're like, worried we're going to hit like a storage it's just gonna limit? Be, yeah, gonna be after, like, we have to do something. There's just like gigabytes and gigabytes of just like people bumbling down easy trails, which is great. Like you can remember your, it's fine to document your adventures and things on GoPro, like go for it. But I do feel like maybe uploading it to YouTube is too much. Maybe. I remember I was one time in, in New Zealand and going to this place called Milford Sound, which is this beautiful like fjordland. And um, there's a, it's like 11 or 12 minute tunnel you drive through, at mm. least at the time. And this lady videoed out the side in the pitch black, the whole thing. Oh like capture the memories. Like, when are you going to watch this? I mean, I mean it's the same with at concerts. Like people like taping. Oh, oh, that's a pet peeve. They need yeah. to, they need to the shit out yeah. Yeah. get rid of phones at concert. If you take it out more than two times, you just. No, I think they should out. just do like some this kind is, of emit some thing where it can't yeah, be. It just doesn't even work. This is a glimpse work. at my shadow self. But if there's a mosh pit and someone has their phone out, I'll like intentionally go for them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like it. It brings me such gratification. <laughs> just the like, right just little like, hit bump and it goes oh, yeah. flying. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like you know that it's like gonna, the footage is gonna waggle uh-huh. because they just got bodied and it's like oh yeah yeah, mm. yeah don't yeah like you're never gonna watch that and no like just, if anything take like one like tasteful clandestine photo of like the thing that's like that summarizes the whole event yeah that's i think like two times your phone can come out two times at a concert for no more than like maybe five seconds for those times and that's it it's gross now when you look at footage of a concert and everyone's just holding their phone up or looking at it through like you're at the live event that's the whole great part about live music is you can experience it but you're now you've putting it through your i don't i hate it that's kind of the way i like to mountain bike yeah Yeah, exactly yeah Yeah, 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's nice yeah but i think that's the thing you know, I found it, I don't know. That's the idea of being present though, right? Mm-hmm. To be present in the moment. And it's funny because, maybe not funny, but there's a lot of aid on YouTube, etc. now apps and all this to make you feel more present. But it's like they're <laughs> solving the problem that, it's like if, if only you download, go to the app store and you pay the subscription, we can yeah. help you feel present. <laughs> right. It's like, and I'm really bad for, I'm not saying as someone that, you know, we were talking earlier on, like I listen to my shitty little meditation music and trying to have a, good bloody think about things and it does feel somewhat strange you know putting in youtube like meditation music so i can feel zen (laughs) (laughs) yeah or like relying on this like gamified app on your phone to simulate that reducing Mm. screen time app 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's the ultimate well, oxymoron. Yeah. That's what I hate the fucking cheek of my iPhone being like, you had a bit too much screen time. It's like, you're addictive. It's like a Coke dealer being yeah. like, are you sure you're, you're sending a lot of this up your yeah. nose, eh? Right. <laughs> Just need Back Dario. again, are we? Dario yeah. to come over with the hand. Boom. <laughs> yeah, right. I can do that. We could have an agreement. Yeah. Firm handshake and I'll just throw myself into you if I see you <laughs> no I mean for me that's like half of why I ride my bike every day is it's just like a sacred period of like you're not doing anything else mm-hmm. like I don't ever listen to music while I ride I like don't I try not to do my phone for anything except like Strava and the occasional map just like doing your thing yeah I, cruising around we talked about this before because you um, I would call it like you know, in Pulp Fiction, where that gets the pass down the watch, mm-hmm. you know, through the generations, yeah. you store your Wahoo GPS in a similar fashion. Right, I keister it. Like, yeah. just bam! Like, ain't going, yeah. this is tracking me, baby. <laughs> um, I like to stare in what you described once as a very aptly so, as a somewhat toxic way. I stare at my numbers. I'm like, and that's, I don't know, a thousand meters. I can go home now. It's awful. I love it. Ah. Uh, no, I can't do that. I, I can't ride with a GPS. But I find that if I'm having a bad day, if I can get a thousand meters in, the ride will become good. So even mm. if in the first hour I'm like, bloody piece of shit bike on all these trails and all these people are leaving their bike racks flat. I, yeah. Savages. But by the end of a thousand meters, I burned that off. You know? Mm. I, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way. And that's like a beautiful full circle with this conversation is like, I have a ton of pet peeves for the first 35 minutes of my ride mm. if I'm pedaling. I'm like, oh, these fucking things. And you're like upset at like the dog that you saw on trail. You're like, how could there be a dog ever anywhere? You're mad at that. And then like <laughs> oh, you're yeah. mad, you yeah. hear someone shift and it like skips a beat. And you're like, oh, you should maintain your stuff more. But then like an hour later, you're like, oh, everything is fine. Like someone could hit me with fine. their car and I'd be like, oh, that's yeah, all right. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, the like wash of Zen that comes with like an hour of you know, vigorous pedaling yeah. is like a pretty nice. Yeah. Mm. And if you pedal far enough, eventually you'll get away from the little poo bags of dog poo that, that was right, yeah. the trees. I hate them so much. Well, that that might be the, my that bigger, is, bigger yeah, than I the just, story thing. Dog poop yeah. is the ultimate pet peeve, but that's, that's beyond mountain that, biking. That's just like a personal vendetta. Yeah. Our town, the town of Bellingham <laughs> this winter put, they, they put, oh, this is like, I'm, I'm incensed Please, no, by no, this. Go, go, go. They put cards in everyone's mailbox imploring the citizens of Bellingham to pick up other people's bags of dog shit because it had become such a problem in all the parks that people would like take their dog on a walk, pick up the poop in a bag, leave the bag. They're like, oh, contribute. You can pick up other people's dog shit. I'm like, the (laughs) idea that I would ever pick up someone else's dog poop. For no, like, for what? So when people leave the dog poop, are they thinking they're going to come back to it later? And That's what they say. They say, they pretend they're going to, but they know they're not going to, but it's just a way to well, justify Every time I like, encounter those people and I say, did you leave your dog shit back? They said, oh, I'm going to pick it up on the way back. And then you go back next day, still there. I hate it so much. People <sighs> shouldn't have a dog to begin with, but that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's okay. a pet peeve. Dogs. That's a pet yeah. peeve. In yeah. general. <laughs> are you a cat person or a dog person? I just don't really like pets that much. Mm. If I had to choose, I'd pick a cat. I'd go cat. Yeah. Huh. This would be a good way. The people are, like are, are so yeah. The comments are going to go off because everyone loves dogs. Oh, mm. dead dogs. Yeah, I don't hate dog dogs. Though. This dog, that. yeah, fine. Yeah. Puppies are cute, but just don't take them riding. Mm. It's hard when you've got some. You know, you might bump into somebody that's a really great whatever, and they've got their slightly unruly trail dog, mm-hmm. and you're there like, well, this whole ride is now fucked. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. I've I've 
at the start of the year, I smoked this person's dog real hard with my foot. Like it basically, it was running down the trail. Like, so I was riding in front of them. <laughs> I was riding in front of my friend and it was their dog. And this dog, she was like, oh, they're going to stay with me. And then it cut a corner and I didn't see. And it just then just like poked his head out and I was going too fast and like clocked this. I felt so bad. Oh, yeah. But, I got a really good one to connect both the poo and the dog and the biking. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I, was, yeah. I was riding on Savers one time with this huge crew and somebody had a dog. Which trail and which corner were you on on the trail? Near <laughs> <laughs> the tree and the stump and the, the creek. And I came around this one corner and the dog had stopped in the middle of the trail and was looking back up at me with these eyes filled with terror because I was like about to drop in on it. And then it shit on the trail. When <laughs> <laughs> you dropped it, was so scared. Oh, oh my god! Oh, I managed to avoid it, but yeah, and also the poo too. I ha- yeah, it I had hilarious. that once where I was like riding through a, like a like a farm road, and there was a herd of cattle in front of me, and I like spooked them, and they were all running away. But as they're running away, they just like lost all control, yeah. and like dozens of cows are pooping <laughs> on the road as I'm riding towards them, like dodging landmines that's like, a lot worse yeah <laughs> that's a bigger problem there's, no there's something dog, dog poop is f- far worse i'd Can rather I, run through cow shit i grew up in the uk on a farm and in the uk one of the most kind of dangerous jobs is in, in fact lots of parts of the world is agriculture and um you get these and sadly like you have these slurry pits which is where all the refuse comes from the they have like grated um no cattle grids they have these huge slurry pits and they're so dangerous man hmm. like because yeah, it's like it's it's too thick to move. You can't really swim. It's obviously people drown in the poop. People, lots of people oh. drown in the poop. Oh my god, yeah, it's really but like a really bad way to go. That's gross. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like an Upton Sinclair thing. Yeah, like fall into the to the, the jungle, the, the pork pit. What's yeah. Upton Sinclair? You're like in the jungle. Like oh. there's like a book about uh, like industrial agriculture in America in the early days, specifically like with the meat industry, oh. and they would in order to like skin pigs they yeah. like drop the whole body into this like boiling vat of like goo oh. it's just like rolling over yeah. forever but there's like a guy with a hook on like a scaffolding above it who's supposed to like hook the pigs out and pull them but like he'd fall in like every week and you just like have a person go in there and that all of that gets made into sausage and so like in this novel the jungle worth reading still because food has not changed very much from those days it tells the story of like how everyone in America is eating sausage that contains human meat and rat feces. And like it, it blew up the world. At the and time. You, is it true? Very. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> still is. I mean, like there's still like, there's like acceptable volumes of, of rat feces in foods that are like I published mean, by the FDA. I use mine like a condiment. Like I just gave it a little sprinkle. <laughs> right. You <laughs> put it through the pepper grinder. <laughs> the pepper grinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rat feces to taste. <laughs> well, I, I said that AI is bad. Maybe AI does have some applications. Hey, can they not do the hooking of the the pig? You can have like a, I guess you could have a bot. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure at this point that, that. that's m- more the case, but there's probably still like a lot of you know undocumented people doing that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's gotten people. that much better. No. Yeah. Wow. Makes I think I'd f- rather fall into the pork vat than the the poop pit, though. It Those may- both seem horrible. I don't think I could pick. That's like an an impossible whatever one you die in yeah the quickest quicker. death in, the, is the, the way that it's hot quick oh no oh. let's talk about something dark. I, I'm sorry. I, I feel <laughs> somewhat embarrassed to be complaining about like ankle socks Ooh. ankle it's socks it's, it's, and yeah. you know oh it's when the clutch goes on your derailleur <laughs> yeah. i brought up the darkest thing imaginable <laughs> just to ground this conversation yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we're like underground <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm sorry oh, it's a light a real one. go on trail braids 
Trail oh, braids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really? Those, these are real pet Oh, I think yeah. like people having braids on trail. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, trail braids? I think it's when great people, if you have long hair and you need to braid it no, in it, order to keep it ruly. Yeah, when people cut corners for no good reason, just because oh, they're lazy. No, don't I hate even it so much. Get me yeah. Uphill or downhill, rage. I'll oh, you'll, you'll be happy to them. know that someone uh, was braiding happy hour and I was able to shake an old tree down and, and completely nice. fill the, That's good. The, the straight line. Yeah, I've got another friend that helped with some clothing. Yeah, it's like you know, there's a place for like wide trails where you can kind of go everywhere and find your own line, which is sweet. Cause there's like a downhill track with taped wide or even just a, not even a race course, but we can go lots of places. That's fine. But on a trail, it should be single track that has turns. Cause turns are important. If you braid and cut a corner, you He's, should stop riding. I'm speaking directly to the people of Whistler and the holiday makers in Whistler. <laughs> can you hear me? I'm talking to you. There's this trail called delayed fuse, which is fucking amazing. Oh, is it that straight line at the end of it? People just, oh, there's some difficult bits. Well, best not ride them. Oh, for fuck. Just ride the down. Everybody can ride straight down the hill. It is so annoying. And like, oh God. It's just like, we've got something that's so cool, man. Like, do you realize we've got this amazing place that's got lift access for like the most- Did you see that sick loamer I dropped in right off of delayed fuse today? That was so fun. <laughs> I, it's just, that to be honest, that doesn't actually bother me so much because- it's, so it's, it's an offshoot, but it's not actually, it's not avoiding something that's slightly difficult. It's yeah, doing something quite yeah, different. Yeah, it's a whole 20 seconds of different yeah, riding. But when it's yeah. just like, oh, wow, there's this one, the one technical section. Oh, heaven forbid we ride that. Right. Oh, yeah. for God's sake. And I'd say in a bike quick. park, I'm less bothered by, you know, braids and things and weird stuff happen. It's a bike park. That's so kind of like a more of a free for all. But yeah, if you're in a, a normal trail zone kind of place and single track and people are cutting corners, I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's an older, like kind of like an old school trail that has lots of nice, more techie turns and someone decided they don't want to turn. I hate I, it. I hate when people don't make the beeline nice enough. Mm. Um, technical trails and you're mm. there like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I completely agree. I think a pet peeve, there's very sort of industry, which I think some people may probably, and I probably think and deservedly so that I sound quite unknown, quite silly saying it, maybe quite on my own ass, but um, sponsored athletes giving reviews. Mm. really annoys me. Like the influencer thing, like, you know, Pinkbike obviously runs advertising. We have a list of advertisers on the site. Anytime that like, there's like a featured video or featured travel guide or anything like that, it's declared like, just so you know, but it's, it's stuff, people passing stuff as editorial comment when money's changed hands really annoys me. That is something that I'm like, you know, sometimes you even see it in the Pinkbike comments, we might review something and it hasn't got a particularly good review. And then you click on someone's, in the comment section, so actually, I want you to know that I've been riding these tires for two years, and they're actually the best thing ever. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. and you can get them at such good prices, and everything's just great, and they just look amazing. Then you click on their profile, and it's got their name, and then you go, like, "Wait a minute, I recognise that name." And there's some influencer right. who yeah, paid to get paid. Yeah, I think it's right. so disingenuous. Yeah. It, um, I don't think it's cool. No, um, but hey, that's that's something maybe a bit industry, but I think it's just like the no. rules of engagement, you know? Yeah, I mean that's like journalistic integrity on a broader scale. Yeah, yeah. Know. But that's the thing with the bike industry is that we've got, it's so, hmm, the establishment, I mean, people, I think people think that pink bike is the establishment, and obviously I think it's so much flatter than that. And I am the so, man. <laughs> yeah, there are so many contributing voices through so many different avenues that it's quite yeah. hard to insist upon anything like editorial standards because it is such a wide, crazy, crazy thing. Um, so let's, we've kind of bit, done a bit of, we got a bit dark. We talked Sorry. about some very genuine Everything's things. Everything's fine. Food is fine. Nothing, nothing there's <laughs> yeah. no problems anywhere at all. Let's talk about some 
unexpected delights of mountain biking. I want to start mm. it off running a mechanical drivetrain after being on like wireless ones for a while. And you get back, we, we're at field test at the moment. And this steel Cro-Mag with cable operated GX and it's quiet. The clutch seems pretty solid, at least with the duration of testing. It feels so nice to have like a mechanical thing that you're, you know, it, you're so tactile and it's great. And Kaz, we spoke about this because you, you feel something similar. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, you kind of forget because we forget, not, may not forget, but you get reminded that there's so much stuff that works great and doesn't cost a lot of money and it's good. And then you just get kind of bombarded by all these electronics and there's definitely the push, all electronic, everything. But even on this, this test, kind of a little preview of what we'll be complaining about when the field test comes out <laughs> is there's so many bikes with electronic wireless dropper posts, but they're all too short because there's no, yeah. or there's not that many 200 mil electronic dropper posts. So if these companies had just put a cable actuated it'd be so much better. dropper post, it'd be way better. And you wouldn't have to worry about your batteries because like, I just don't understand. And also, can you just remind our listeners how much, like a lot of these bikes coming spec with the XS reverb. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence. They're also coming spec with um, GX T-Type and it's probably some kind of big group deal. Yeah. But how much does a reverb dropper cost at retail? It's $800. $800 and, and it's $800. too short. Yeah, it's too short. And you can get a, any number of and nice dropper posts. And they get saggy too. Yeah. And you have to reset. It's a whole thing. But you can get a regular nice cable actuated dropper post for $200. So you can buy four or one and then the one you have to charge your batteries. And I just don't understand. I don't get it. It's weird. I think as well, like there's been a really, you're seeing it a lot with um, through the headset cable routing. Mm. Cables aren't the problem. Messy cables are the problem. Mm. But you can actually make cables really neat. And I've, I remember I've reviewed a bold a little while ago. And I think a lot of our commenters, their pet peeve is through the headset cable routing, which I think is very fair. It's mine. Um, I mean, but I reviewed that bold and it didn't actually bother me much in the same way you had that Scott spark that we reviewed mm. because it was so integrated that it was actually completely almost invisible. The cables was like, that's for mm. a real gain. This nonsense about moving a cable headset port one inch from the middle of the head tube, but the routing's the same. Really? That seems like nonsense to me. Well, um, and you just have all the like knock on downsides of like your headset going bad quickly yeah, and totally the faff of bleeding brakes. Everything should just be external. Yeah. Integrated bar stem combos. That'd be another pet peeve. Oh, that's yeah. a great pet yeah. peeve. Yeah, that's a silly one. I just don't, I mean, maybe it's for weight savings, but on an enduro bike, you're not concerned that much with 20 grams. And I want to be able to roll my bars the way that I want them. Mm. Like we've already had the bar roll discussion where Henry, you and I have our rolled forward and Dario's is back and math is probably the right way. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, just you get true. These, these, they come on these bikes and super fancy bikes and you're like, well, I'm going to have but to put this on a shelf. And also- is frustrating when you see bikes that are happy to to talk about adjustment. Oh, we can go. We got five degrees of progression adjustment. If you just do this here, it's taken us ages to work out how to do it. And they're like, oh, so that's really important. Yeah, yeah, super important to suit the bike to the rider. And what bar comes on it? Oh, a, a carbon one piece with a thirty-five mil stem. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then to be honest, like not just throw any particular brand under the bus, but there's some brands that are pushing this more than others. And I've gone on rides with these product managers and they don't have them on their bike. Yep. Like, oh no, of course it's nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Put your foot down about it. Yeah. Yeah. Truth. Um, I'll Dario. tell you what sparks joy. Sparks some joy. Riding fresh trails. It's sick. We found something new in the park today. It's official trail. It's great. It's not rutted yet. The roots still have bark freight on them. Train? Yeah. It's called freight train. <laughs> freight train. <laughs> uh, oh, it's incredible. <laughs> so natural. Yeah. <laughs> I have no pet peeves about riding new trail. Hmm. 
Feels good. Is it does feel How's that for positivity? You're very positive. It, it makes you feel very lucky when you ride a real <laughs> yeah. fresh virgin giant. Dario was wow. giggling. He was, in I was front of me. He I was, was giggling. fully, yeah, giggling out loud. It was oh, nice. sick. We yeah, need to go ride that tomorrow for sure. Yeah. Um Matt, can you think of something that sparks some joy? I'd say the weather here right now. Mm-hmm. We've had a little well, it's been a little bit cooler. Fall colors are coming in. Mm-hmm. Dirt's been getting a little bit tackier with a little bit of rain. Yeah. It's just like going off right now yeah autumn is a wonderful time in bc My pemberton was like a litter box yesterday ah uh, that's true yeah <laughs> whistler has been sick yeah kaz would you like to spark some joy i'll spark joy apple pie brings me great joy oh yeah Big we've had a lot of apple, apple pie, pie. <laughs> I mean, we've had apple pie too a lot of apple pie and, and i'm very happy about it just mr american yeah mr american guy <laughs> you have apple it. pie in england oh we do but not to make you guys, you go it's like cobbler. Good old apple pie. Do you have mince meat? That's how you say it? Is oh, mince meat mince meat's great. I like mince meat too. <laughs> I like most pies. I like dessert Yeah, pie is great. I like yeah. pastry that's gone so processed, just like gnarly sugar pastry. Like we had an apple pie we had here yesterday. Oh yeah, that was... It was just like, this is... <laughs> this you is leave it on the counter for a week and know yeah, that it's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. deep inside. What's your joyful thing, Henry? Um, hmm, something I really like. I would say that's the mechanical drivetrain is definitely, definitely mm-hmm. one of them. I really like telemetry. I love telemetry. <laughs> so, so much good an joy has come from that's that telemetry. I was looking for. And that is my, it's my new hobby. Yeah. Telemetry. And basically, so for those of you that don't know, much like getting a tailored suit, you might find that a suit, the suit fits perfectly one person in one instance, but the, the, naturally, if you go really specific with your bike setup, and then Kaz takes you on some chill ride, and you've got basically running like thirty percent sag on your forks, which feels amazing on the only trail that you ride them on, it it goes quite badly. So telemetry needs some rebuffing. But actually, <laughs> I've had an amazing time testing over summer. And what's been cool is with this telemetry kit, I've um, done telemetry testing with my friends, and they've been really stoked, and that's actually been really great because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people start struggling with bike setup and just having like a North Star that's maybe maybe it's not the perfect thing for all situations etc but as a communication tool between two individuals being like that's what that means this is what that means what we're going to do is this that has actually been hugely rewarding and fun and for every instance that i bottomed out my forks and nearly gone over the handlebars i've had 10 instances where i've just been blown away by the amount of grip i feel like telemetry is going to a tailor and he like gets you set you're like i trust you with everything it's all in your hands. Here's yeah. all my money. You walk out wearing like a pink and green polka dot suit. <laughs> <laughs> you just trust. Yeah, yeah. He said this is right. I He's, know I'm in fashion. He said I looked great. <laughs> what I, there are Lloyd, no mirrors in what this, this tailor. <laughs> I think that, I think that it's forks. You know what? I, I'm going to probably shoot myself in the foot here, but I'm just going to get and say it. I think there's so much stuff about the bicycle industry that is, um, I think, really long reaches. I think... Um, short stems and I think a lot of time rebound damping tunes are there to give a stable ride to the beginner not grip to the not grip and balance to the more advanced rider and I am happy to die on this hill I want a 50 mil stem I want a 475 480 reach and I want a fork that and this is I should explain like I I haven't come to this as like confirmation bar it's like wow I've I've always been right about this I've gone drastically different in my suspension of the last six months and it was, it, it was like this really kind of like clambering down. I was just doing run after run, just going softer and softer and faster and faster. And I was like, I can't believe how wrong I was. So now you're seeing, and I've been kind of 
deliberately, well, not even that deliberately, sometimes just completely naturally, completely obnoxious this week, talking about setup, giving you guys some shit. Um, but I think for me, it has been really, really, really cool just the amount of grip I can get out of forks. Turns out mountain bike forks do grip. Telemetry is your stacking clips. Telemetry yes, is my yes, stacking clips. I love it. I, <laughs> no, I think it's good. It's like, a, as you said, it's a good North Star. But also it scratches a very particular itch in my brain where I love, I, I test in a somewhat, we've <laughs> done this way, I will literally ride the same track again and again and again. I love that mm. process of, yeah, it just feeds that. And I, I've come up here most weekends and I just ride the same one over and over. And I look at the data and I'm like, ooh, what's happened Ooh. here? It's like, it's 3D, Brian has 3D printing, I have this. <laughs> yeah. You know? I just want new things. Yeah. Brian's looking around the corner for new. Mm, no, so fair. Um, cool. I think that's a nice place to leave it. Um, spark some joy in the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, tell everyone why mechanical is best. 170 mil dropper is all you need, obviously. Mm. And why you will never understandably pick up another dog's poo. <laughs> And, um, and thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. And that was our conversation on our pet peeves in mountain biking. But we also talk about some things that are just really nice to have around. And it's funny, and I mentioned it in there, but we do so many kind of, of these AXS equipped bikes and... One of my favorite things, Alicia, is just running a mechanical drivetrain now. It's so nice. It's just, oh, I it's feel so tactile. almost the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. great. It's just great. Just nostalgic <laughs> in such a perfect way. And it just plain works. Yes. And also, you'll I've, never I've, forget your battery. And you never have to you'll charge never forget anything. Your battery. It's great. Oh, mate. Totally. It's, it's just the best. It just, um, yeah. For, uh, for Comment Gold this week, it's actually a comment that appeared on last week's podcast, we talked about industry trends that just kept on going back. And this one is from FLC3344, catchy name, catchy name. <laughs> and they say the Pink Bike podcast topics that just keep coming back, BMX background, Henry saying something philosophical, which I would I would contend, but they were aspirationally philosophical maybe. <laughs> Kaz and Skinny's Henry Spire Cable Tourism. And he says he might start a Pink Bike podcast drinking game or bingo card, which... I entirely, entirely support. I, I tell fully you what, support that too. Alicia, something terrible happened. What happened? <laughs> so one of my small eccentricities that I indulge in is I get ice cream like every day. There's a place <laughs> called Alison Brome. I spend like most of my money on ice cream. These are like $10 each or something, you know, which doesn't sound like much, but it's, every, it's like $70 a week on ice cream. It's somewhat <laughs> frivolous, you know, but it's one of my small indulgence. Well, it's my main indulgence. I don't really drink. I don't go out. I don't buy expensive things. I just like ice cream. I'm a simple man. I support that. Anyway, so uh, Alison Brome, which is this amazing little ice cream shop, they've got two of them in Scottish. Um, they, the staff started playing bingo. I think it was like something that was like, like a team building thing. They had to like get this person. And one of the things was serve Henry ice cream. <laughs> and it was, no so, way. I was so worried. Yeah. And I was going back and they'd be like, yes, I'm going to get to serve. And I'd be like, oh man, this is so humiliating. Like <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it felt, I've laughed a lot and then I felt a bit silly. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing a lot. That's amazing. Yeah, man, I was on a bingo card. I wish I got a picture of it, actually. It's kind of funny. Um, Next time I go to Squamish, I'm going to try to go there with you. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. That'd be great. It's so good. I've spoken to some American friends from 
and they they contend it's just not sugar enough but I think that's why I like it it's actually like this sounds amazing I dig it it's just nice it doesn't wow. have to be anything gnarly it's just bloody nice yeah um Alicia yes have you got a submission for Music Corner Ooh, yes, I do have a submission for Music Corner. Um, it's a YouTube video called, well, I'm going to mess this up because I don't speak French, but Soiree de Poche, number nine, or something like that, um, with Andrew Bird and St. Vincent. It's a, yeah, I don't know, just a really great video, I think. It starts with just Andrew Bird, and then St. Vincent comes and joins. The two artists really bring out the best in each other and highlight each other so nicely, and they're both really good in their own right. So I just think it's a really enjoyable listen. I recommend oh, that's it. Oh, so nice. That's great. I'm going to recommend something that I consider to be another enjoyable listen. Maybe not for the ultimate music experience. It's not necessarily fun for the Sonic files, but it's just really fun. And this is a sort of bromance I didn't even realize existed between Rick Astley and Dave Grohl. And there's this story <laughs> that Dave Grohl was aware that Rick Astley was watching his show and said to him, like literally like there and then at the side of the stage, do you want to come up and do Never Gonna Give You Up? And he said, yes, they, without rehearsals. And they just ran with it. And it's just so much fun. And Rick Astley is loving it. And then I saw on BBC, I think Radio 6 Music, they did a thing where Rick Astley covers, he's having kind of like a career revival almost in the UK. Because wow. he just seems like a really nice guy as well. And he covers Everlong. And they're just so nice. And he's just so humble. And he's just saying how he's going to absolutely butcher this song. And I'm just there like... Butcher away, Rick. You deserve this. <laughs> and it just I'm really so made me excited smile. to listen to this. Yeah, it's just really nice. It's just so wholesome. So, so I'm good. going to include that. Okay, um, cool. And I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you, Alicia, for coming thank on. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone at home, for listening. 